Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. I am joined today with Carol Ann Fernandez, my daughter, who is the COO of our firm. Today's topic is actually near and dear to our heart. It is preparing for the unexpected in our family and in some cases, our family and our businesses. As most of us know, life does not go according to plan. Unforeseen things can and they will happen for both business owners and for family members. It's an ever winding road and we often have to manage both businesses and fraught sometimes with interpersonal events in our families. It could be a flood that damages our property, or it could be an illness, a sudden illness that you need to deal with, with work time and how you're helping that person. It could be a death of a key executive in your firm or a close friend or a family member. While we can't control everything, we do have the power to prepare for the unexpected. There can be stark differences between understanding the importance of planning for the unexpected and also then taking kind of accountable steps in how we can create and implement within our families and our own personal lives. Sadly, a recent survey showed that 51% of people believe that having an estate plan is necessary, but only about 40% implement one. And I think that's really important what you're talking about is having a plan and having certain documents and everyone talks about having a will which is is very important obviously and, and making sure you have that it's actually not too hard to do even a simple one is important um, but also having power of attorney before you even have possibility of needing one or having healthcare proxies what happens if there's a car crash who can make those decisions and then letting your family know where they're located a lot of people do these things with their spouse, but then they forget to pass it on to the kids. And when an occurrence happens so suddenly and there's so much grief, it can be really helpful for at least to know where the documents are or to know who to call, I think is the other thing is who you're working with. I agree. And having that honest conversation with your family members, it can bring, I think people don't realize such peace of mind. Having the dialogue, you're sitting around the table it's not the first time that they're having that conversation. They know what your values and your goals are when you're starting to implement the will, when you're making these decisions. A long time ago, I was a very young advisor, but the greatest gift I had was I went away for a weekend with a business owner, his family. They had quite a bit of wealth, but they didn't start out that way. They started out rather poor and their family, their children didn't know that, that part of their life. But the story, we all have a story. And I think we have to share that story because we always say your family will sit around that table after you're gone and have to have that discussion when the estate is being decided or the business is being sold or the business is being passed on to the next generations or changes are happening, which there's one thing we all know, we are going to die or we are going to become disabled or ill. Those things happen. It's, it's life. But to have had those conversations takes such a, it's such a gift to give back to them. So I would say peace of mind is the greatest gift you can give them. The conversations may not always be pleasant and there may be differences. There may be differences of views, people. And as we all know, no family is perfect. 
People have different views and different opinions, but they know your core values and they know what you think. And when they're making decisions, there's less angst. And almost you give them a peace of mind to say, I may not agree, but that's what this particular person or you wanted. And remember, this is what you want. These are your values. Don't be swayed. Think with your heart, not, yeah. not what, what all professionals tell you. Everybody's will and execution will be different. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think the will and execution, a lot of things we're talking about is after you pass, but even simple things like, do you want to go to a home if something happens? Or do you want at-home care? And explaining to your kids your desires can help them then when that situation happens to say, no, I, I know this is what my parents want. This is what they told me. Or if you have a special needs child, you might be taking care of that 100% now, but who is going to be the next person and explaining to them how you set up that trust or what things will need to happen if you're not there to take care of them is something that we, we talk a lot to parents. I agree. I, I think succession planning is, is actually, you, you look at it, you buy insurance, you do all these things, but the, but the discussion of a succession plan is actually protecting your family and your businesses. If you're a business owner, not only from death, but also from disability, disability is much higher likelihood of happening versus dying And that could go on for a long time. So have you really thought about that? It's interesting, but I I wrote down here before we started because an estimated 30% of small business owners have a plan in place while 60 to 70% of them say they want to pass it on and they want to do all these things, but only 30% of them actually do it. So it's it's an eye-opener. It's what we have to walk the walk. Maybe talk a little bit when we're considering succession planning, what are some of the steps? Because there's a lot of people that are involved And we want to start early so that it's not overwhelming. I think as you become more complex in your life with maybe more family members or more wealth or whatever it is, maybe businesses, you start to form this team of an accountant, maybe a state lawyer, financial advisor, whoever it is. But sometimes we forget to tell our next, our kids or our next generation or whatever it is, who those people are and how to contact them. And it's very hard when there are documents out there, but you're not sure who to reach out to. So one, as they get older, introducing them to those people, I think is important, but also just having a place. One of the things we talk about is putting together a letter. It sounds cheesy, but once a year updating a letter of, Hey, these are the people you should contact, or these are where accounts are. Or my, I might have a password manager. A lot of people have that on their computer. How do they get into that? So when they need to pay that credit card or they need to get the mortgage switched to them or sell the house, whatever it is, they can do that more easily and aren't in this grief stricken situation where they really don't know where to turn. And I think for us firsthand that that's one of the gifts that we had. And we didn't even realize that we knew it existed, but we didn't realize it was updated every year, the first of the year, that was the goal. And that was probably the largest gift we had when we could go on and we could say, oh my gosh, we actually are doing everything right. We're executing it the way we should. I would suggest you pick a date. Like, is it your birthday? Is it once, but once a year, make it the same time and go on. That is the greatest gift you can give to your family. But the other thing I always think is either a family board or a business advisory board. We started in our particular case, one in our family, twice a year, we would go away and we had a family advisory board. And we, when the kids were younger, it's just young teenagers, we didn't talk about all the details and the nuances of what that would mean. But we did talk about values. We talked about what it meant philanthropy to give back, what it meant to 
what family values would be next generations. Because when we, we compared, we used examples, like look at your great grandparents and your grandparents, what, what their world is, is not what ours is. So you don't want to rule from the grave and you don't want to make decisions. But what you do want is you want some of your values and your core beliefs to go on. And you want as a family to come together and say, what are those as a family? And so I, you can probably chime in because I think that you experienced that, but we really did uh, start to meet. And, and in our case, when things did happen in our particular family, there were no surprises. We all knew next steps, what we had to do, and then what we had to implement that we hadn't had to implement before. But because those conversations took place, when people were happy, they were on vacation, we were having just one day meeting out of maybe four days being away together. We had spouses and grandchildren. It was a fun time. But part of that time was, okay, guys, let's get together. And we had an agenda. We had read maybe a book before we went away that we came up with that might, for discussion, we wrote letters because sometimes writing a letter is a little easier than having to share it in front of your family members. So we did a lot of those things. So there were no surprises. And I think when you go through an injury or someone incapacitated or death, there's so many emotions and there's so so much so many almost a fog that that will come over the entire family but to have a core of oh no no we know that this is in place that that goes i think that and I think makes a difference that's an important factor it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom right like we're talking about unexpected things and people don't like talking about them right but they're going to happen so making it almost more about okay what's our family mission what's our family values and what's surprising is even though people are very different in that family, I think you will find underlying similarities. And it was very helpful for us then when my, my dad passed away to, to know we knew what his values were. We knew what his goals were. And that was a special thing that all of us say, that's really cool that we got to know that because those conversations probably wouldn't have happened. And maybe it's a vacation, maybe it's just a lunch together. But having those conversations, because Susan always likes to say they're going to happen with or without you. So being at the table and having them early, I think, makes it not as scary and also helps make it more of a, this isn't always what's the bad things are going to happen, but more of just what does our family stand for? What what do we appreciate and, and how do we all do it together? And I think it, to your point too, when reaching out also to the experts, there are a lot of um, family business forums that meet, you know, during the year and you can go, we actually attended several of those in which they taught you talk about families that are going on for five and six generations, family businesses and things. And to meet those, those other individuals and to talk to them, we learned most from some of the stories that were pretty horrific of things that didn't go well. So I think that there's a lot of those type of entities out there. There's magazines out there, there's online to begin to read and say, what did other people do? This is not the first time. I don't have to create the entire program, I can actually learn from others. I would tell our listeners that this, the three top things I think when I think about it is meet on a consistent basis. Our family knew we were going to go away together as a family. Actually, if they look forward to it. If we, if we, we became, still do it. <laughs> we still do it. Um, we still do it. And we still have those conversations and those family meetings because now it's okay. It's on. It's all on you when, when someday, hopefully not too soon, but I'm not here. Keep the lines of um, communication and understand that everyone is not going to agree. This is not hire someone. We hired someone to work with us to even attend some of our meetings. And it, and it makes it healthier because especially if you have differing views or you have people who are not comfortable talking and 
other people who are very talkative, it opens up those lines so they don't get overshadowed. And, and I, I guess I can tell, say this for myself, also be open to new perspectives. You know, what we go into a meeting thinking, often my husband and I went in thinking, oh, you know what, we really need the kids to know this and understand this. And we left thinking, wow, that's another way of looking at it. And I think that might actually work. So I, I think open-mindedness is also a, a gift that we can have. And as, as you can tell, I think we're very passionate about this. It's hit our family very closely recently, but even before that has always been a focus. So we could talk about this forever, but we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. And I would tell you when it comes to your family, I, I, I would say, include your, your children, include them, be transparent. Don't make it a surprise when something happens that's not a gift to them. And it's also, I think, a way of thinking you're controlling, but you're really not controlling. In the end, I think you're being controlled because then they all, they don't really know what road they should take. There are many different ones. Yeah, I think the second uh, takeaway I would say is make sure you have those documents in place. If you haven't updated them in a while, a lot of people do them when their first child is born and forget to update them later. Uh, updating the documents and then making whoever is responsible aware of where they are is, is a really important step. very 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 important and, and having the right people in the right seats to help you and the last one is i would suggest if a small business or business owners to have that advisory board or formal board and the other thing if your family there are things that that might get a little complicated and also just simple things like what your wishes some people want to go to nursing homes some people want to live in their home it doesn't have to be like, oh, well, I'm small. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the size. You still have to have those kind of family meetings. Even if it's not a family advisory board, you still need those meetings so that people know your desires and wishes. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.